The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 68 of The Overview. I'm Chan Man V, and joining me today, and, you know, unfortunately, we're doing it at the same time as the Overwatch World Cup right oh, now. Oh, is that going on <laughs> is right that's now? going on, but joining <laughs> me is obviously Fish Sticks, my co-host, and we've got uh, hey, hey. the Double G guests today. We've got Gil Frost joining us again, and then we've got a uh, first-timer, Graceful, from Team Mega Thunder joining us from Thailand so uh, good morning buddy (laughs) (laughs) good morning good morning oh you're already out there i didn't realize yeah we're out in thailand in bangkok nice bangkok man have you ever been to bangkok before yeah well well, i'm from thailand oh that's right that's right yeah yeah (laughs) nice i've never been to bangkok I have this vision of Bangkok and how awesome it is. <laughs> I'm wondering if yeah, it actually matches. The best part is the food. I would tell you that for sure. 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. go to Thailand basically for the food and also the aesthetics. I, I just want to yeah. see the jungle and eat curry and that's pretty much nothing else. No, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there is anything else. There's massages. Yeah, I'll watch there's, that. There's, I don't know if I nice, get too involved There's in nice that. massages out there too. No, I'm really... <laughs> people walking on your back and everything it's pretty cool uh gil how you doing over there man still in Colorado? i'm doing pretty well yeah pretty excited yeah i'm watching some world cup action and uh you know between frames anyway getting mm-hmm. some good uh, play in there and enjoying watching the the analyst desk and hearing what they have to say yeah definitely Comparing it to to maybe yeah, you know, Overwatch yeah. contenders. I'm watching and, it very di- like from a different filter than a lot of people <laughs> are probably. I think but. everybody does that. You know, once you get yeah. into productions, you see things in very in a very very different light. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog about the World Cup, and it's basically just about the production. <laughs> like, <laughs> no teams. Like, I don't, who who even won? Who cares know. about the games, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, we've got a obviously a list of things that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Graceful, obviously, on here. We there's a big announcement, obviously, involving him and and Mega Thunder. So wanted to go through that and do a mini interview with him. And then we're going to be talking about World Cup just last week in Shanghai, and obviously right this second in Sydney. Uh, definitely covering some of the results there and production and everything. Uh, and then uh, maybe some some little minor things with with uh, Overwatch League in the last week. Not too much after the giant announcement the previous week, but uh, maybe just a little bit there. Uh, topic of the week, you know, we have uh, just a I think something that Jeff said a week ago, and we never got a chance to talk about. It, so I figured maybe we would we would talk about it now, which was balance and you know perceived balance and. and and things like that right now. We could expound it to just the competitive ladder now if you guys want to go down that route. <laughs> but uh, Sounds great. Yeah, we'll just kind of let it go. And, uh, and then there's player news, team news, a couple teams that um, unfortunately have dropped from Overwatch, and we'll talk about that. And then Apex Season 4 f- has already been finalized, at least with the teams. So uh, we can talk about that a little bit too. Got a question from a fan too. So uh, definitely nice to start getting some email questions again. If you have a question, go ahead and email that to theoverview at chmnb.tv, and we'll be sure to read it and discuss it and hopefully answer your question. But I want to start off with uh, talking to you, Graceful. So um, for those of you wondering, uh, you know, maybe not too familiar with Graceful, uh, you know, Graceful is a player that has just been recently picked up 
by Mega Esports, and the, the team is Mega Thunder officially. But yeah. um, Mega Esports is making a lot of moves recently. I, you know, the folks in the West might not have been following as closely, but they've been doing a lot of things in the last three weeks and and announcing just making a big push. You know, just in esports and and uh, Overwatch just happens to be one. So, um, how's the experience so far? You know, you moved to Bangkok recently. Just tell me about. Yeah, we moved here about like a week ago, pretty much, and it's been amazing just meeting all the Thai players and obviously getting back with. Um, Pure or Brad, who is my old teammate as well from Splice, and also Moffat, who was on the two rosters ago on Splice as mm-hmm. well. So, and just getting to meet LKI in person, and it's just been great so far. We've just been doing a lot of team bonding stuff, and just recently getting to doing scrims and like real game practices. We've just been focusing on just getting that team bonding done, and you know, trusting each other and getting to know each other well. Yeah, so I mean, having the three of you guys join Mega Thunder and joining a a pretty um already like a tie team you know like that makes how many t- players now is that seven players or is that eight players on the roster actually uh so before mega uh, mega eastward brought me in with uh, moffat lkia and mm-hmm. brad as a coach it was just me and brad first right yeah uh, we were talking about it would have actually been in indonesia first mm-hmm. but it turned out to be thailand after they managed to buy out a roster which is the uh, old fireballs yeah so we got six Thai players uh, and to be able to play in the Thai region, you'd either need at least three Thai players, right? So we just mm-hmm. bought a roster, and then we just brought in three foreign players, or so-called. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to mismatch to see the roster right now, and we're just trying out, feeling things out right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we got six Thai mm-hmm. players, uh, and we got three foreign players. And those not familiar with the the team Fireball, they had already had great results in, in OPC, so... Um, you know, this isn't just like six randomly tied, random tied people that no, are, are on a small team. This is actually already a high profile team out in Thailand. So this is pretty good combination of guys, you know, like having the three of you guys join the mix and, and pure too. Brad was on the show like three weeks ago, you know, talking yeah. about a potential big announcement. And it turns out this is what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were all trying to keep it low as well. Yeah. Then uh, me and Brad made a mess where we just posted it on Discord. Big announcement will be on Monday. And everybody posted like, hmm, everyone said the same thing. <laughs> yeah yeah nice that's how you build the hype just just yeah. do little <laughs> hype building shit like that i love it yeah <laughs> blizzard that's how blizzard does it as well just drop something here <laughs> just like if, so, if drop something like, here and then so people if something gets it out. dropped <laughs> there's always a reason for it people are like oh it could be this it could be. no there's always a reason for it so watch carefully yeah yeah, yeah totally um so how is it getting i guess a custom there you're, you're actually from Thailand, right? So pretty much how it is right now is that uh, I was born and raised in Sweden, right? But both yeah. my parents are Thai. So I generally speak Thai, but on a very low level, right? Mm-hmm. I know. That uh, so the Thai people are making fun <laughs> of me, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so me getting accustomed is a little bit easier, I would say, because I can actually yeah. understand most of the conversations and talk back on a, like a baby level or a kid's level. Yeah. Uh, but we're definitely like, it's, it's feeling pretty nice. I'm just getting used to the swapping between thai english and like when i talk to my family and friends i talk swedish like yeah. i play comp letter i talk korean like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's really hard but you know nice gotta get nice. there korean too man this is yeah so, you so know worldly. i just got the words that you need just anna bong me anna bong me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's all you need <laughs> i'm ready to play actually so, yeah, yeah i'm ready yeah. to play now fighting fighting let's go <laughs> uh, so do any of the thai players speak english uh, do the 
I mean, English is a pretty prominent language in Thailand, right? Yeah. So how it is right now is that uh, Oputo, which is pretty much the, mm-hmm. the star of the fireballs player or so on, the, the DPS projectile player, mm-hmm. uh, he speaks the most, I would say, fluent English. But we still have some like a little bit of communica- communication errors in terms of we need to speak slow and like make sure he understands, and then if they, then he'll translate right. So the other Thai players understand English uh, to a certain degree, where. They more than likely understand a few words in a sentence here and there, and then just ask for okay. like specifics. Okay, so it's not yeah. too bad, right? Then it's yeah, it's not too bad. We also have a translator on spot. Oh god, that'd be so, <laughs> so yeah, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be crazy having to hear a translator on comms <laughs> with all of you guys. Oh man, the best part is like when we're doing whiteboard and we're just standing there. Like I talk a whole like five minutes, and then I look at our translator, and he's like, "Okay, my turn," and he just speaks, starts speaking Thai. <laughs> Well, if you if that compares to anything that happens on the stage, that usually means it's translated completely different than, than what it <laughs> yeah. usually is supposed to be, right? But so. he can pick up on it at least. Yeah, at that's least true. Sort of know how he's putting. Yeah, it like I, like, well, I know that they're like. That's, that's not what I said, dude. When <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I notice there's some kind of confusion, I try to like speak two words in English and I like it. put in a Thai word that I know right. like they can understand. Thai English. Like, yeah, 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 got <laughs> yeah <you>. exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, so I know the the main focus right now for you guys, um, given that you know you guys aren't here in the West playing in just whatever events that we we t- typically have in the West, and I'm not even sure they even exist at this point, given that that uh, you know Overwatch League is about to start and with contenders and everything. But uh, I know you guys are focused on OPC, the Overwatch Pacific Championship, and yes. that is actually a big tournament for those of you that are not familiar with Asian tournaments. It's a big tournament out out in uh, in Asia. And uh, it's a prize pool of 100k. Yeah. And um, you know, Fireball's done very, very well in it in the past. So I'm figuring, or at least everybody's figuring, that you guys are going to be a favorite coming into it. So um, yeah, I don't know. Talk to talk, talk to us about that and just prepping for that. So pretty much how it is right now. Every time I think the bottom low of the top eight, I would say, right, mm-hmm. gets like it needs to go back into qualifiers so that new teams have a chance to get up in there. You know, proceed through the qualifiers. Uh, yeah. And Fireballs just managed to secure their spot again for next season. So we're, mm-hmm. we're like up there, but it's going to be really hard because we have communication errors, obviously, because we're like a split roster in in sort of way. Right. But I think like what we're focusing on right now to winning OPC or just placing well at least would be just doing what we can do here in practice. Because in my head at least, I feel that tournaments are easy. Like there's no doubt tournaments are easy. Sure, you have factors where you can be nervous, you need to pop off and like stuff like that. But mm-hmm. tournaments are the easy part. The hard part is like in scrims, people waking up in time, people having discipline, people doing all the right stuff. Like <laughs> to be a pro, you need to eat like a pro, practice. you need to sleep like a pro, you need to practice like right. a pro, you need to right. do everything properly, right? Yeah. So we're just focusing on fundamentals for now, like because we need synergy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna like take it. some That's time. a good, good approach. I like it a lot. Yeah. Always take some time. I mean, it's, it's a lot to ask of a team just to instantly, you know, be be jiving together and and even schedule wise, you know, having everything in sync. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think one big question maybe that that folks that you know end up listening to the show or are maybe watching right now is, um, mm-hmm. you know, how does Mega Esports or Mega Thunder fit into the whole grand scheme of over Overwatch League? And um, what I've heard, you know, I've talked to obviously some people from Mega Esports like Hardy and, and even Brad to an extent too, is that mm-hmm. Mega Esports is very interested in participating in the Overwatch League. 
So, yes. I mean, everybody's understands clear on all the buy-ins and they're very, yeah. very interested in it. So, uh, mega esports for those of you wondering, they're a Hong Kong based company and you know, they've definitely got lots of, you know, a, you know, venture or at least investors behind the company too. So yes. it's, there's plenty of money to go around and um, <laughs> you, know, you gotta have that. Exactly. And I totally yeah, have to have that these days, right? <laughs> you got to watch. Sadly yeah. enough for me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in one of the, <laughs> what you want to sponsor a team? Exactly. Yeah, well, I saying? really want to, I really want Denver, to. Denver, man. But, Denver's uh, a big, a good city. Definitely if I city. had the opportunity, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, you can talk to the you can we can you can actually talk to the Broncos owner or the Nuggets owner, right? And I, we actually have there. worked with uh, some people around here on stuff, but I mean we we not on this level, yeah. But yeah, yeah, the Cronkies. The <laughs> I think it's really good just getting into the Overwatch scene in general right now because like it'll be so much bigger on a scale. I think even not just the pro level, but like beneath pro level and even yeah. a little bit lower than that. Like they're doing like the open division thingy. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It just gives everyone the opportunity to, you know, rise to the occasion, which is really nice. I really like that. Like, yeah, it's not just focused simply on the top one percent, right? Yeah. right? And it's something that not a lot of other esports have done very well. So I'm really excited to see what Overwatch. Yeah, exactly. Like for that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious, given that you know, a company like Mega Esports is ready to get into it, or, or seem to be positioning themselves and serious about getting into it, versus some of the other endemic yeah. esports scenes, which seem to be the opposite. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see when that's going to happen because, you know, last week we talked about the first seven and, you know, I, I think with Jacob, we were, we were speculating whether it would be 14 would be, you know, kind of this magic number to get to maybe for the first season. And, yeah. um, so, you know, there's an extra seven spots or maybe even more. And I mean, why not include some more Asian teams, right? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely good. I wonder eventually, what do you guys think? Do you think Overwatch League will, I mean, are they going to cap it off at a, at a certain amount just in the end? You know, kind of like NBA 32 teams, right? Are we going to have like a cap for that? Or are we going to just keep going and then eventually there's going to be kind of regions, region lock well, kind of yeah, things? Yeah, I think they might have like the the mindset of like letting it grow as large as it can be. And then if they need it to be, they might cut it off, I would say. I, I, mean, I don't I think, think they would. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to say from the organizational level, I don't think they're going to say, like, we only have 32, you know, 12 teams. Um, But it's going to be more of an organic thing um, where, you know, as long as the space has room to fill and as long as a partner team that not only has the money to buy in, but also has the proper backing in other areas um, to make to be a good part of the ecosystem then that's going to be the determining factor, not a, a hard limit. Because um, yeah. I, I, I could see it growing to be extremely large. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could see the it question too. question is, yeah. if you go down that path indefinitely, then do you have to split it out by region in right. some way or not? Which, I mean, we still have all kinds of questions about yeah. how OW League is going to work logistically yeah. Yeah. in terms of... I don't, I don't yeah. think that's the, the plan, at least not in a hard sense. Like... Where they're only going to meet at World Cup or whatever the you know the global equivalent be? I think that they want all of the teams to interact. Um, it could be like conferences. The entire league, like it could like, be like yeah, conferences. Say, like, you conferences. play like I could definitely know, see that. Yeah, yeah. interconference. You play t- two or three times a season, and then you play out you know out out of conference one time a season type type yeah. of thing. I could see that too. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that'd be pretty cool. Anyways, it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting to be part of an organization that. 
that you know you you can be very confident that wants to be part of Overwatch League because that is the future. If you're not going to be part of Overwatch League, I mean, I don't know what you're going to be doing. Contenders, come on. Can, can tell, okay. <laughs> yeah, but contenders. The point is to be part of the Overwatch League. So I guess, and not, not from an organization perspective, though. Yeah, so. that's more of a player. Yeah. That's true. I think as a yeah, as a player, the dream is to be in uh, Overwatch League. But I wouldn't say this like. Because you're not in Overwatch League either first season or second season, like you shouldn't be discouraged. Because I'm sure it'll be tons of different, like maybe not the same scale, but it'll still be like leagues and stuff popping up. I'm sure it'll definitely be like because Overwatch is just so big and like a, a great game, a great game. So that's a great segue. I was actually about to ask a question very similar to that uh, on the show a few, over the last couple of weeks. There's been a pretty common theme of, hey, we didn't make it through Contender Season Zero. Contender Season One is on the on the horizon. If you're not playing in World Cup, if you're not in Contender Season 1, what the hell is there to play for? I might as well just stream all day. We've heard yeah. that from a number of players. So you yeah. just kind of took that and were like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Thailand and join a team. So was this, was this I, I'm just curious like how you eventually ended up getting in touch with your current team. Was it you just exploring every opportunity to find some pro team somewhere in the world? Did they reach out to you? Was it like known within the pro scene that they were looking for teams? Like, how did you originally come okay. to meet them? So I'll go back to where it all started. It started when I was on Splice, and mm -hmm. the team disbanded because we were looking to get into Overwatch League, but we couldn't for specific reasons. And after we disbanded, I got approached by Mega Esports. Pretty much, we had a talk. We were talking about a lot of stuff. We weren't sure, and we need to be looking for players and all of that. So while doing all that, like still talking to them, I was kind of trialing or like you know testing the waters i've been playing with um energy i've been playing with eg i've been playing with a few lower uh, lower tier teams as well i've just been testing you know testing my waters and so on and then mm -hmm. after yeah. uh mega announced that they would be going into thailand instead of indonesia it just clicked for me like i get to play in opc i get to you know just do things for myself instead of just looking, waiting for the right opportunity that may never come, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's best opportunity would be, okay, I'm just going to join a team that's straight into Overwatch League. Whereas for me, I'll just take what I have right now. I could play in a league, OPC, and I'll go from there. I'll just work on myself because I know if you're a great player, you'll be in Overwatch League. That's pretty much how it is. So just keep shaping mm -hmm. up like yourself up and you'll be where you want to be. That's, yes. that's how you get where you want to yeah. be. It's a great approach, yeah. Great mindset. Yeah, I mean, that's that That was what was in the back of my head every time I heard some players saying, like, what's the point of even scrimming or playing or entering yeah. any tournaments anymore? I'm like, you have to get yourself out there. I, you have to improve your skills. Exactly. See, that's the that's the mentality of a champion right there is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah, what's the point? I don't even care anymore. Yeah, that's just not <laughs> what you want to do. That's just not where you're coming from if you actually deserve to be in that league. Like, exactly. go do whatever else. Go work at mcdonald's or whatever you know i mean you have to invest time too guys like you, you can't you're not going to get stuff handed to you immediately you know yeah. all the time especially in your life so this yeah. is one of those things that the people that put in the work they will be the ones that are rewarded in the end and yeah. like you yes. said graceful it better be this way like the league better be the, the you know where the best players in the world are, are playing in it yeah maybe outside and, of korea but <laughs> we'll see <laughs> including yeah and we'll see. just as a maybe a final but like just realize as well the amount of time that it might take to really realize that because if it's yeah. i mean we have like maybe we have 10 teams 12 teams to mm -hmm. start this off i don't know yeah. how many more they're going to announce like whatever that's kind of what i'm expecting maybe for season 1 yeah yeah, there's still going to be a lot of great talent out there, and it's going to be up to them to keep 
you know, filtering to the surface. And then as more teams are being added, just realize that, you know, there are going to be a lot of great players that are not playing at it immediately, but the whole point of the ecosystem is to, to build a uh, situation where they can and will eventually get up there. So, and it's one of those critical mass points too. You know, like right now, you know, getting started is one of the hardest things, right? Just just generating momentum with the league, and but yeah. eventually, if the league is, you know, headed towards success and is doing well, is building momentum, then you know, you just you see these organizations that will just be, you know, obviously showing interest and trying to buy in, and then that that will be, I think, a place where the players will just be in super high demand, and that, yeah, you know, the people that have been working the entire time they're going to be the ones in the first of the pecking order to, to be picked up so um exactly yeah. the grinders the yeah grinders. the grinders exactly not the folks that are like oh oh you guys are interested okay i'm gonna start playing again <laughs> yeah know? exactly it is like they'll they'll just fall behind yeah the one thing i'm actually most interested in is the uh, so-called combine yep uh, i don't know how it would work <laughs> we still I don't know that exactly, exactly. Yeah. We still- yeah but like in my head i had this <laughs> this funny theory of like okay if I get rank one or like top five every season, I might be like the captain of the combine or something. And I, I <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm just having this like this fail proof plan. Like, okay, first I'm gonna join a, a team that has a spot. Okay, if that doesn't work, I'm gonna do this. And then like, <laughs> and just yeah. combine was like, okay, yeah. combine is the way out. If you if you don't have a team, just aim for the ladder right now. <laughs> and then uh, those you know those funny um, email. You know when there was a hype about emails and surveys from Blizzard coming out about Overwatch League? <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually, yeah. I'm still waiting for mine. I don't oh, know. Yo, oh, sorry. Lost so, sorry, email, yeah, but, yeah. It'll be, it'll be there. It'll be Whatever, there. Yeah. I'll go Let's, check again. Yeah, His dreams are real, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be fun. I've been grinding a lot, like, a lot, a lot, so. Yeah, the combines. We still have no idea what the combines are actually going to be yeah. like. And I have yeah. theories, but yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? That's it's just, just like I'm pretty sure Blizzard doesn't skills. know yet. Tracking yeah. skills and, and like <laughs> no, snapshots. I, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I think the combine has essentially already happened behind the scenes. In that there are statistics. Well, I mean, they got these 500 players, right? Yeah, but that's and not a combine, that? though. That's, well, that's... Well, or not the 500 players, because way more than 500 players got letters, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, and that's the thing. I think, I think that so. it's more of a metaphorical combine of sorts. That basically, the the, the idea of a combine is that organized uh, teams can pick from uh, you know players. talented individuals based on yeah. their performance. And well, yeah, real idea of a combine is you see that performance live. But yeah. in this case, it's just basically pulled from all of your statistics. So they're curating um, all the. They're basically, Blizzard's just curating information for the team based yeah, on yeah. just. That's what I'm thinking, and, and then you know, then you you add to the mix other ways that you can see these players perform, like contenders, like contenders, open, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, Apex even to some extent, but um, that's not a combine. Even, even no, well, <laughs> that's not a combine. The combined I'm sorry. efforts not of combine. all these um, various leagues. Yeah. Nice wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm making yeah. the big bucks. <laughs> no, but overall, it's still good for the players. No matter what they're doing, you know, whether yeah. they have a live. I mean, and to be honest, I don't even know what a live combine would be like, anyways. For a lot of clicking. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so, Graceful, excuse my ignorance. When does the se- when does the season two for OPC actually start? Do we do we have a solid date for that yet? Uh, I know we fly out on the sixth of August. Okay, uh, I think the official date might be thirteenth or twelfth or something. So, so you're there. only early in. You're only in Thailand for a couple of days, then you're off to Taipei, right? Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. So that's why we've just been focusing on fundamentals because going too deep into stuff won't work at all, especially since we need to work on our communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would imagine communication is the number one challenge for you guys right now. Or, or are you taking like by far? Maybe you can te- maybe you can teach each other how to speak. <laughs> yeah. You should all learn a, a different language than anyone so else fair. knows. So it's impartial. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's probably the best. Wow, we, we would be yeah, we would not be strong. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it'd be one of those things where it's like, let's go to comms for for mega for mega thunder, yeah. and then nobody understands. What <laughs> Just silence, actually, because no one wants to speak. <laughs> in dutch you know <laughs> yeah like all know, this mixture yeah. of, of languages and stuff and or, or just calm like the koreans i mean that's pretty much that's definitely how i calm already like i also stream and everyone always laughs at my comms because i'm like way too hype and i'm like that like i'm 10 times more in like in like tournaments and matches Monkey, 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 diva, 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 <laughs> Anna, Anna, Anna. You just you keep gotta call out repeating. Targets, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's how it goes. Oh man. So you mentioned um, your teammate Aputo, right? And, um, and yeah. we got a good look at Aputo during the World Cup this past week. Yes. And that he was, uh, you know, playing on the Thai team, and um, most most notably, he was playing Sombra a ton. You know, like on, yeah. on some of the maps. So, uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about Pudo. Were you rooting for him the entire time? Or obviously, you being in Thailand, I'd figure everybody around you is rooting for the Thai team and, and everything. Definitely. Yeah. Um, like, Pudo has always had a great showing, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of pretty much every tournament. Always been, like, very consistent. So we just try to help everybody out with the fundamentals, like I said before. Mm-hmm. And we were at, a, like, an event last night where we had a fan meetup and so on. And obviously, Pudo was, you know, the thing. The thing, <laughs> the thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> the with the thing. Like, but it's also important to not take any um, any credit off the other tile players who were on the world team because we also yeah. have like you know Curlos and we have like Tita Wad and like other p- players as well, and they're all really good, all of them. Yeah, I actually so, noticed sh- a sure. few great Anna plays by Curlos mm-hmm. um, yeah. throughout that, and I was yeah because I'm like basically just watching for production value and individual players from regions that yeah. I don't know very well, so. Mm-hmm. So it's important to not take like any, you know, any credits of the other players as well. Even though like you'd like to, yeah, you know how DPS generally gets more, you know, fame because like, oh, they're up yeah. in the kill feed. They're the ones doing everything. That's because like the game has so many levels of understanding the game. Like, oh, because if Anna, if Anna didn't get the peel there, they probably would have lost the fight away. But the only thing people saw was like someone dove and they got a kill. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, but the Thai team had a good showing. You know, I think yeah. that. The Thai team arguably could have been the fan favorite all weekend. Uh, just it's hard not to be a fan favorite. You know, obviously we have Mickey on the team too, but um, yeah, Mickey. You know, it's just it's the smiles. It's a lot of the you know, like that people looking at the cameras and knowing they're on camera, and it's a lot of <laughs> playfulness, right? But the Thai they're team was like that. Last that <laughs> That's true. <right? laughs> but um, you know, they ended up having a even a good series against Rogue. You know, I think that that it was a competitive series, even though the score might not have showed. I mean, they had a great start. The Thai team won the first game and almost won the second game, too. Definitely. Before Rogue, you know, obviously woke up and started getting things back together there. But, um, you know, I think overall, the Thai team should be proud of how they did. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we said this probably before the World Cup even started, but I think their group might actually be the hardest group in the entire World Cup. Obviously, you've got France who, you know, they're Rogue. rogue. Uh, so they're amazing 
You, France. Their name Denmark is France. has lots of great players. <laughs> Denmark had a good Even Argentina yeah. had a pretty good showing. Like I was actually pretty impressed with some of the some of the play that we were seeing on the Argentina squad. So they actually made it out of the group of death. I, I really think so. That the, this was probably the hardest group. Uh, and you know they did they did in the end lose to China three trio. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, major props to them. I think it's the second year in a row where. Thailand was not only the fan favorite, but also turned a lot of heads with how well they played. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point mm-hmm. of this World Cup is to really showcase it. And Mickey was the big success story last year from this. Mm-hmm. Just him obviously being picked up by Indy because of how he performed uh, at the World Cup. So it'd be yeah. awesome to see if you know, th- that type of story happens. Or or you get you guys just parlay it into, you know, Mega just parlays it into and something that, and- amazing. That's what I was going to say. I think yeah. the success story that I'm expecting to happen, predictions coming in right here, is that Mega is indeed the success story coming out of this. So, mm-hmm. all right, called it in before. Good deal. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to watch it now. Yeah, it's good, man. <laughs> totally. Well, Grace, well, I I know you got to take off here, just given you know yeah. you guys have a, a really really busy schedule. But uh, you know, yeah, thanks for do. joining us and getting a chance to talk. Hopefully next time we can have you like maybe a little bit longer and you can hang out with us because it's, it's fun so talking. For to sure. You. I, w- I would definitely love that. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah nice to guys. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the talk. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Any all shout right. outs you want to do? Any, 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 where can people find you? Like where's your Twitter and all that good stuff? Um, yeah, I have the Twitter at graceful OW and mm-hmm. the same thing for my Twitch graceful OW. So mm-hmm. if you want to just come by and hang right now, I won't be streaming like us, obviously, you know, Prepping for OPC comes before streaming, but <laughs> right. definitely check out my Twitter for like posts and you know just keep keep looking at it. We'll have fun. All right, sounds good, man. But uh, thank okay, you we'll very talk much to you for having time. me. Yep, take care, buddy. Talk to you next time. All right, bye. bye. Okay, so I have a screenshot of him. Okay, I'm gonna have to adjust this real quick. I have a screenshot right, of him that actually looks like it. He's actually theirs, but guys, he's really not there. So uh, you're gonna have to ignore ignore that for now. But um, oh no, it's up here. <laughs> no, stop, stop. No, okay, anyway, yeah, yeah. It's uh, anyways. Uh, why don't we uh, why don't we talk about World Cup a little bit while I'm fixing this? Um, so last week we you know we, we just kind of showed the results, right? We had we had China and and Rogue obviously um moving forward uh from the the groups and China looked pretty dominant. I have to say, I, I actually think China looked more dominant than Rogue did. Uh, Rogue was, you know, there were competitive matches, and you can say that, you know, some of it had to do with the teams that they played against, like like Thailand, Denmark, and you know, and how they did, or or you know, Norway. But um, it, I think it had more to do with just Rogue just not playing to the capabilities that we expect from them, given that they are the favorite in this tournament. Yeah, I think Rogue came out a little hot-headed. I don't know if that's the right word because confidence would be actually probably more accurate. I don't even think it's a necessarily an ego thing but they know the amount of force that they have to exert on their opponents to find victory. And I think they're very intentionally not exerting everything that they have in order to, you know, then then they have stuff that they can pull out potentially moving forward. And uh, they, they definitely had moments where they would start to lose a little bit. And then suddenly you could almost feel like thinking of, all righty guys, let's do it now. Um, China, on the other hand, I mean, they were just on fire the entire time. And so it is kind of hard to judge between the two. Um, but they, I mean, obviously have a lot of strong players as well. The thing about Rogue is I personally feel like they've been on a slow and steady uh, 
descent from like their how dominant they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre- I think the main reason for that is that they've been playing the this you know what we think of as standard dive comp now. They've been playing that since before everyone else was. They they were really 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 good at it. Their team comp was always built around uh, Knox, you know, Winston and Nico Genji and dive 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 soon always on the tracer. But now everyone is used to this. You know, even my playing in high masters, like everyone is <laughs> yeah, plays right? this. Everyone's exactly. used to this up and down the board. So it's I think it's natural to see that teams are starting to learn how to play against that style a little bit more. Um, and I, I watched quite a bit of the tournament. I didn't watch every game, but I, I heard uh, one of my friends was telling me that Rogue, at, from time to time, was kind of messing around and pulling out weird compositions here and there, which I'm not super surprised by. Like, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, I think it actually makes sense for them to try and guard their strategies and play weird off-kilter stuff. A, to trust, test new things, but B, to try not to to show their hand too, too much. So, I mean, I'm not fully surprised that Rogue struggled a little bit more than everyone kind of thought that they would going into this group and and the World Cup in general, um, given everything we just talked about. Yeah, and I think Thailand and Denmark were really strong Mm -hmm. contenders, so to speak, in that group. And um, China, I mean, Norway was fairly strong, but they were the only other team that I would have had any hopes for coming out of that group. Yeah. But I think we have to, before we move on from China, we have to talk about Eileen because in the matches that I was able to actually watch and yeah. pay attention to the game and not just the production value, um, man, he just went off. He was nuts. Yeah. Eileen, yeah. I, I think Eileen was one of the highlights for sure. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, some of the other players. Um, Craig. Undead did really well. Craig had some good games too. That I, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even know who he was before that. So I was like, wow, right? he's good. Yeah. Craggy. <laughs> Craggy, I've seen, you know, he, he's been in a bunch of events and even Fisher as well. Yeah. I think Denmark was playing above their station in some ways. They really came out firing on all cylinders. Um, I was watching them versus uh, France, and that was a fun match to watch. That was a and, great match. Yeah. Yeah. That was one where I did feel like uh, France was coming online a little bit throughout that. But the Denmark had a lot of good players, top tier players. The thing is, um, I, I mean, it's France, it's rogue. Like, what are you going to do? So it's it's one of those things where it's like, whenever soon all of a sudden wants to land all his pulse bombs, he just does right, and then it just like wipes them out at, at the whatever timing that he just des- decides to do it, or AKM just decides to turn it on, you know, for for that that period, and that's when they end up coming back. And in this particular case, it seemed to happen at the end of games a lot, you know, where they just kind of saved it at the very, very end. But, um, but yeah, you can you can tell it's just night and day at at times with that team. But um, it's good. It keeps it exciting. I mean, it keeps us excited at least, right? And yeah. I think even you know just the the casting and all that stuff. It was it was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun hearing the guys getting excited whenever uh, you know some of these things were happening, like full pushes in overtime, you know, yeah. and crazy things like oh, that. Those were yeah. actually happening, you know. So yeah, no, then the, the casters they they've been bringing the hype for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what have you been thinking about? The, let's talk about the production since we've you know, been talking production. about Production. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Can of worms there. Okay. Well, let's start no. with the casting. What do you guys think about the I, casting? I'll let you go first. I mean, sure. We, we already... I, I've now, in two separate episodes, talked about how annoyed I am that Jason Kaplan isn't on the yeah, list yeah, of casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. But yeah. that's it. Get, Everyone else is basically there who, who deserves to be there. And mm-hmm. the quality of the casting is really, really great. Uh, 
man, it, when the broadcast, when the first day started and the broadcast first started uh, and you got to hear Monty and Doa take kind of take you under their wing, it was just like, ah, oh, we, we've arrived. It's esports time. <laughs> They're just such pros, man. They, they, do, are. They, they know how to make an entertaining broadcast. And let's be real. That is what is important here. They break the game down, but they just bring you a very entertaining show. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of it. And I've actually been a Wolf fan since way back. <laughs> I was going like, to bring up Wolf. Yeah. I think like he's like the protege of like Tasteless and Artosis out, out, mm-hmm. out there in Korea. I think he's he was he did phenomenal in Starcraft. And I didn't even know that he was casting Overwatch until this season of Apex. In fact, I don't think he was casting Overwatch until this season of Apex. But he he brought it. He really did. I, I enjoy Wolf mm-hmm. casting this game a lot. Yeah, him and Achilles also seem to mesh really well. I think that's yeah, been an X factor with theory. them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually casted with Achilles like a long time ago for some community event, and then before he hit it big, and now I'm still waiting for that to happen. Um, <laughs> what game? But uh, League of Legends. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, isn't he? Yeah. He's a league caster. Right? Yeah. yeah. We're actually there's. Uh, I want you to count all the pub, former league casters here. Um, no, but lot, I, yeah. I first of all. So I, I, I wrote a blog actually about um, the production value and a little bit, it's a really abstract as to like what I think that what they're trying with World Cup means for the future of esports. But I think you hit it on the head, Fishsticks, with um, the entertainment value is really what they were going for. They wanted to make sure that it was crisp and clean and like the top quality that they possibly could. Um, and so like Golden Boy obviously is just amazing. He yeah. is a he is yeah, really just a, a pleasure to watch. Um, and I really hope to actually just like work near him, not even necessarily with him, just like see what his process looks like so I can learn some stuff. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Zoe and Seltzer and um, Flame as great. the analyst for week one there mm-hmm. and our weeks, uh, the first leg. And I mean, Flame, I think uh, he exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I thought Flame did excellent. Be, yeah. yeah, only be, and, and like I, I really like Flame. He just, you know, doesn't have as much on air experience because like, Zoe and Seltzer, they have a ton of on-air experience, which is why they were chosen, because they, they knew no matter what, these they're going to push out something uh, that is going to resemble a very high level of entertainment. And they did. And Flame, he is maybe that extra analytical person there with the insider information, so to speak. And he also presented it really well. Um, I, I'm really excited to rewatch some of the VODs here from Australia to see how like Jamerson is doing because um, I'm yeah. excited to see him up there as well. So far, I think he's doing fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a it's a little different feel, you know, compared to you know having uh, Rachel there. And uh, but yeah, I agree too. I, I definitely like how Alex hosts. The way Alex hosts or Golden Boy hosts is a very organic way of hosting versus this very professional feel, you know, that sort of thing. And and he does a really really good job with it. So I, I definitely in, you know like that atmosphere. And then with the casters, you know, one of the things that I, I liked about it is that you know doe and and monty are like the standard you know for us in in overwatch but i do like how there's such a different energy whenever each duo comes in and i think that's where we're going to end up right with the overwatch league there's going to be duos that are going to be together every single time they are not going to be mixing and matching you know like we have seen you know depending on what event it is so far in overwatch and i think that's good because that's how football is that's how basketball is you know they they have these you know like who was it? It was like uh, Pat Summerall and Brent Musburger for a long time, or you know, like those kind of duos, right? For ho- however long. And now it's, I mean, it's what? It's Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson now, or whoever, right? So, uh, and then Todd Breen or Tom Bream, right? Or the whoever the the actual host 
podcaster is. So I think that's good. I think that, and, and I like it too. Like I kind of, it, it creates this different or more, uh, it creates this energy that, that happens because, you know, like whenever Achilles gets on, there's like a ton of energy, right? But then when Doa and Monty get back on, there's this, there's just this nice, even kind of analytical and, you know, comedic type of yeah, feel to it. Yeah, a different it. flow to yeah, it. Yeah, there's sure. a different yeah. flow to it. So I do like that. I, I, I hope they continue doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they have been slowing things down just a little bit. But I, I'd like to see a little bit more energy on the analyst desk from what I've been able to watch today. But they've been overall keeping it uh, up pretty well. Yeah. I, like, I will say the, the ZP and Uber duo. Oh is my like, God. Yes. <laughs> Never stop yelling. Ah! You, know, you know, what's crazy is Uber is the quiet one. <laughs> like when I'm listening to both of them, Uber's <laughs> trying to keep it like, like even and, oh, yeah. and, you know, just spicy this and spicy that. Right. So it's, it's oh, awesome. man. Yeah. ZP, it's, when he gets going, man, I remember there, like, there was yeah. this one, I, one specific broadcast for contenders where I don't know, we were like trying to figure out like what drugs he was on or like how much caffeine <laughs> he had intake, he, he intook, I guess. And, but he was literally like just like popping around the studio. Yeah, let's get some Overwatch. And you can see how that, that manifests. Just caffeine. Yeah. yeah. No. He pushes himself to the limit. No, yeah, that's that cool, man. Definitely cool. Uh, so one thing I'm going to have to say, at least from a critique, and you know, the whole point of this, guys, is not just to complain, complain, complain. We want to have the product as good as possible. Um, I didn't, so I actually liked the desk. I, I liked how they set up the desk, how, you know, stuff's going on in the background. And I, I kind of like what they've done here with Sydney the same way where the crowds in the background, the stages on the, uh, over behind them too. I don't like the stage at all. Like I, I, uh, especially, yeah, with, especially with Sydney, like it looks clean and I get it. You know, I get why they, they did it that way. But it's like, I can't even tell what team's on what side. Like, whenever you show me the stage... There's big there's just, flags, is what you're looking for. Yeah, there. I mean, there's like, a, there's a light, there's like a blue and a red light. And then I don't, all I see are monitors. And I just see a long row of monitors. Like, you know, and, and that's the staging of it. And they're, for, they're far from the crowd, too. Like, there's a, like a lot of things that I think they're just a bit off there. I mean, it looks nice. It looks professional. But there are, you know... It doesn't matter if it's not practical, you know, like a practical from yeah. a visual standpoint. Well, yeah. Well, and from a storytelling standpoint, so one of my passion points with broadcasting is that you're like trying to tell a story and what you're describing is certain elements of like, well, what team is playing? Like, I want to be able to watch and immediately jump into that. And so, and I'm not even saying that I necessarily think this about the set because I haven't thought about it terribly much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you want to be able to say, oh, that's that team that's playing, you know, that I just watched do this or this, mm -hmm. um, or I've seen them in the past. Or So having an easily identifiable way of doing that. And I think yeah. that um, we're not, there's, there could be some minor modifications that could make that happen. Yeah. It's, it's also a little changes. bit different, maybe yeah. a different focus because of the nationalities. I think the flag is like the only real tie to the teams that they use. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, if I you know. you know if you're going to present it, like you need to present like what team is what, you know, like on stage, just visually on the camera, right? Um, yeah. And I mean, they've been trying all kinds of things, especially today, you know, with all these different camera angles. So it's cool that they have them all. It's just right now, I feel like they're just using them like <laughs> random well, times. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, yeah. So um, and they're they're figuring a lot of stuff out. I don't know yeah. who's doing the production here exactly, who's all is involved, but because um, I know the wide shot, you could get the flags. But okay. um, that's the only thing that you, you, the only real shot that you get to see that. Um, and 
so in the close-ups and stuff like Wait, I where, care, though? I, like where it's, where are it's the in flags? front of the teams um you mean like in the row of like these monitor right in front things? of the monitors like in the stage um, but that's far from the actual desks themselves no it's, no on the desks it's like the front of the desks i wish it was really? on right now I took a okay because i, I could have okay I, I didn't see it, it if it was maybe wow. it hasn't been the whole time because yeah. who knows i just was i just remember one looking at one wide shot and seeing it and, gotcha. and, and thinking about that um but even like things like close-up shots i've been looking at the player jerseys and stuff to try to figure out who i'm watching and who i'm looking at yeah yeah um and so there's a little things where you could really accentuate who's who by maybe even putting stuff behind the players um like a backdrop yeah, of, yeah backdrop you know, little things like that yeah yeah, I don't know, Ben. What and do you it think? Does about look it? clean though. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't pay too close attention to this, how the sets looked, um, but I will. Oh God, one of these days, one of these days, Chris, I'm going to make a 10 minute long YouTube video uh, or Twitch vod about all of my thoughts about camera work in Overwatch <laughs> oh, yeah. because the production value, people keep getting better at it. And I actually know a lot of people that do the, are doing the camera work at World Cup. One of the guys was Imagine, who I did had mm-hmm. to do the production for my yeah. first ever yep. tournament way back in the day. So I'm super happy to see him succeeding. Um, but I still have I still have a couple gripes about how third person camera is used exactly when it's used, uh, when it's not used, and I, I'm I just need to make a video and break it down. I I'm not really good at it's putting all my thoughts together and like, yeah, easy. all these, but it's not you easy. really have to like that would be an intense vod as far as like prep goes to like lay out all the yeah, different I, scenarios. I need to write down like yeah, a, yeah. a lot of a really long bulleted list. But the big biggest thing for me, and I've said this before on the show, is use third person to show as much of the action as possible. You want to be cinematic whenever you can be. But being cinematic should never, and I mean never, ever (laughs) be at the expense of showing you the actual content of the game. It should never be at the expense. So I'm tired of the slow sweeping shots. Zoom all the way out. Come up from a bird's eye view. Stop showing, like, stop showing at at a shallow angle where you can only see a small amount of the battlefield. It looks kind of cool, but it doesn't really look like... As a player, I'm just getting frustrated. I'm like, I yeah. want to see. I, I saw a guy go off that way. Show where he went. Yeah, I wish yeah. you could see yeah. me like on the analyst desk when the casters are casting and like contenders, and like the camera is like looking down, and then the players run underneath the camera like <laughs> off screen, and I'm just like, I'm doing this like I can all like I could actually see. <laughs> yeah, that's actually feedback that that yeah, uh, I was able totally. able to provide to the contenders observers because you know they're coming in and they're like trying to make the most beautiful shot possible. I'm like, you need to balance that with really following that action and, and yeah. don't and I, I think the thing i uh, the term i use is like don't be afraid to quick pan because yeah we're, oh yeah they want it to look like a consistent no you know pan which is yeah, which is that. is is by itself <laughs> it's good like we, I, that is no, great there's that reason for that, that. You should, yeah that's a, it's there's a good quality but yeah not at the expense of, of missing Never. it and yeah. and yeah. i think that uh from what i've seen in world cup they they definitely have made some improvements with that i noticed mm-hmm. they're using a lot more because that that's like free cam, and then you got third person. I I still not sure how I feel about third person. I actually kind of like it on Genji blades. Oh, I, because I love. Third I'll person. tell you where I like third person. Yeah. I like I like third person. There's a function. I, I did a bit of observing way back in the day, so mm-hmm. I, I know kind of how it works. There's a function where if you're in third person and you want to go into one person's point of view, you can actually point the cursor at them, right click, and then you go into third person. And then you can go into first person. So you could basically like the camera like zips around to their back and then and then you can go first person. 
that's what, how I really wish observers were using. Yeah, that'd be uh, great, dude. Because then that's that not third person. So because the third person wouldn't be it's jittering. Less jarring, right? yeah. It wouldn't jitter either, right? If it if it's it found the tracer. Jarring. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We should to- yeah, totally, totally well, do that. Because there's a continuity to it. You yeah. you are moving with that. And that's my biggest gripe yeah. with first person, like swapping back and forth between players is I don't necessarily have the context for what now is going on. And right. especially fast quickly doing that when you're switching every three to six seconds from player to player first person i'm like okay now wait wait now where am i what who am i oh okay here we are no no now we're going to somebody else and you know for me as a player i i can pick up on that honestly pretty quickly as to where we are but if overwatch league is trying to expand the horizons for viewership base and trying to get to people that are casual players maybe yeah not used to spectating overwatch um for when someone first tunes into that first owl broadcast i they don't want or i don't want that those guys oh this is weird i don't really i can't really understand what's going on you know i I think that that particular problem has it's either one of two things it's either getting more experience and not because i think a lot of the jumping aspects sometimes has to do with people making a mistake with staying on a camera too long or they jump to the wrong person and they should have just stayed back so they jump to and then from you know and, and those are just mistakes yeah. or or it's just like you need to use a different vantage point just altogether you know and just a, yeah. a better technique so i'm not sure which one it is exactly yeah, it's a little bit of both it's it's probably one or the other um yeah the other thing i would say is that picture in picture at least what i've been mm-hmm. seeing within them using it you know what's cool about so far in sydney is that it's clear that they have been putting things in place like there's a there is a a, a point or, or an objective cam you know like they would flash to it you know in lunar yeah. the lunar colony every once in a while and then there's oh, nobody cool. there. i haven't seen that yet yeah oh, there's nice. nobody there a couple times they did it but you know they at least have that right that they can actually go yeah. there and see so that's actually in place but they would use picture in picture like during different shots of the gameplay but you can't see yeah. anything you, know, you can't really do anything it's, so it is hard yeah. I, so i i'm really passionate about picture in picture because i think there's yeah. a lot of uh, untapped potential there and potentially even split screen only because sometimes the picture in picture is too small still haven't figured yeah, a lot of this out though. but that's not um, real estate man it's tough yeah but the time they used picture in picture that i just saw even today was on second um 66 and there's like the corner where you know it loops around. Yeah. And so you'll you'll get fights that are happening on either side. Yeah. And so what they did was they had the picture in picture as the wide shot of like, okay, now you can kind of tell what everything is going on. And then the first person was the primary. And I well, I think that playing around with that might be helpful. But I actually think that picture in picture and other multi-view possibilities exist in control maps because some of those are so difficult to get all mm-hmm. of the possible views that you really need to, um, especially sure. ones where, where the point's in an enclosed area and the fight moves back and forth. Um, so I'd be curious to see how I, you know Blizzard approaches those. I think that would be good, but and I think I'll, most of the way people are looking at picture-in-picture picture is to provide an, an alternate cam. I think the other thing that you could do with it is just help the storytelling of like the moment. So if let's just say the timer's running out, you know, on a, on a control map and the other team's like trying to rush out of the, the, the spawn, like show that picture in picture of them like actually coming out of the spawn. And we saw that a couple of times on full screen tonight. And I thought that was yeah. actually a cool angle. Like use that like for the picture in picture, like, you know, and, and build it up to the, yeah. Like, what, what's yeah. the context coming into this next fight? You know, right. Like cause, that. cause the, the actual details aren't as important. You know, you don't have to see like every little, you know, battle that's going on in that tiny, tiny real estate. So I think, you know, again, there's just, these are just suggestions, you know, just to help make things better. Clearly they've at least facility wise, they've created more and more 
and it's just yeah. a matter of like how you use it at this point. So, yeah. Um, yeah anyways, uh, getting back to I guess Sydney, unless you guys have any last well, things about the production you want to talk about, just one yeah. one last thing. It's only tangentially related. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Chris. Yeah. How many esports events have you watched in China that have just been an absolute train wreck, a shit show of uh, epic proportions? I can't even. This is count. the first esports yeah. event i've seen run in china that had really no significant issues okay there was APAC was some good, lag like, issue yeah a little very okay minor. actually you're right you're APAC right actually dead. come on you're right you're, you're actually right i well, for some reason completely <laughs> forgot apac existed but like 98 percent of every overwatch or esport event i've ever watched in china has had disaster it i mean is, it is remember <laughs> spider yes you remember that <laughs> yeah only OGs will remember. Anyway, so that was good at least. Yeah, yeah, and true, true. They're getting better. They're the production in China is definitely getting better, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> there's definitely a different standard over there. Uh, okay, well, anyways, let's talk about Sydney. Let's talk about the groups in Sydney because uh, we didn't really get a chance to to really go through, um, you know, who's playing and and whatnot. So let me bring it up here real quick. Yeah. And oh, oops, that's not the right. No, actually, yeah. Let me just move it down here. Okay, so we've got. Um, and obviously, they're already playing. We actually have some results already. Australia four zero over Italy. Uh, that mm-hmm. being the first match of the night. It looks like Sweden and Portugal are playing right now. Sweden up one zero. Um, yeah, let's. Yeah, let's I actually talk, have an update yeah. on that. If you okay, like. sure. It's, it's actually tied one to one. One to one. Yeah, yeah. Portugal. Dude, man. Well, and so let's let's talk about that then, because like going into this Group C, uh, Sweden probably the the favorite if you you know been paying attention to anything. No question. Yeah. But but Australia actually, even though the you know, like I I'm more of a fan of Western um, Overwatch just because I I have to live in that world, so that's where all my focus goes. Um, but Australia apparently actually has some, they, they are favored to potentially be second at least in that group. But Portugal also has some pretty good players. I mean, yeah. uh, you've got a couple of laser kitten players there. Mm. And so yeah, they, they, they would be maybe the dark horse here. I definitely don't expect uh, them to yeah. get better than Come third. Come on, that's an awesome well, team. I didn't expect, them to, Sweden, take, I didn't expect them to take a map yeah. off Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about the pressure that is on the Sweden team as we speak. If they actually lose here, yeah. That would put them in such a rough spot because then, yeah, they're they're yeah. in a dangerous spot. <laughs> that would be and, that would be nuts. And I'm not gonna lie, I I think misfits have been on the the downtick a little bit, and of course they've got th- four members uh, from them, and so it could be partially a little bit of synergy issues, maybe, or just not quite being prepared necessarily a little bit of overconfidence but yeah portugal coming out and actually being able to find one map is pretty startling yeah maybe they're roguing it out guys just uh hiding some (laughs) stuff we're gonna go to that excuse for all the teams maybe we go to (laughs) that same excuse for sweden so people have been nicknaming this uh french french squad frog as in like french rogue i think there's also a frog pun in there too it's like a triple entendre but uh yeah it works if, if rogue is frog then uh australia is Australia because they're blank e- blank esports <laughs> blank is the e-sports, name of their team because sure, oh, sure. so this is correct me if i'm wrong guys but this is the only other team that i i'm aware of in overwatch yeah. or sorry in the uh, overwatch world cup that actually this is the exact roster that they play yeah. with outside of world cup 
I'm looking at Vietnam, and I did, did not know about them at all, but apparently they're a part of a team. I don't know. They're not a known team. Part yeah, yeah, I would agree. A yeah. team. Like, uh, well, that's what it says. They all have the same team logo next to them. I have not, not done any research in this area. But no, Australia is, as far as I know as well, the only other team that 100% is from another roster. And um, all right, I mean, yeah, I mean, the analyst desk was talking about how the expectations coming into this group was that they might be able to perform fairly well. It's tough being the favorite oh. sometimes, guys. Definitely. Um, Ta- so. Tao in chat says Taiwan is the Flash Wolves team. I, I wasn't aware of that. Thank you, oh. Tao. <laughs> okay, that's definitely good. Um, all right, so we'll have to see how Sweden plays out here. Uh, you know, no excuses for those guys. They they need to win. I mean, yeah. like if they don't win, I mean, would there, we none of us should be giving excuses for them. I, well, yeah, if they if they win, then man, I got to give it to Australia coming out yeah. of this one because yeah. Um, they already played very strong against Italy. Now, Italy, not necessarily the litmus test that you want to use, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well, uh, anyway, Group D, I guess we could talk about if you yeah. want. Yeah, Group D, and we got Finland, Japan, Spain, and Vietnam. Finland being the... This seems um, pretty clear cut to me. Yeah, uh, Finland seems to be the the um, favorite here. Spain, second, I would say. Yep. I don't know too much about Japan and Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam, that's the thing so. is I don't <laughs> I mean, know. Yeah. Uh, I do know that Portugal's now up two to one. Oh my, oh my gosh! gosh. Wow! That's nuts. Oh man! All right. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Okay, I gotta well, go. We, we might have to wrap up this show uh, like yeah. really, really quickly <laughs> so we can watch Seriously. this. All right. Oh, anyway, in that case, it's yeah, Finland, yeah, so, Finland wow. Spain. Um, because Spain, you know, we've got Harry Hook, Neptuno, Toxic. I'm actually really excited. No, Spain to see is six. like, Spain, yeah, Spain is pretty sick. They did wow. better than people expected last year because not a lot. Like Neptuno wasn't really yes. hadn't really played on any teams yet. Everyone's like, oh, Neptuno, he's like some old Counter Strike 1.6 pro. Like he's <laughs> yeah. probably going to be good. Then he turned actually, out to be amazing. But if you look at this roster, Harry Hook, Dak, Neptuno, Toxicin, Bromas, Winghaven, every one of these players has been on a top five yeah. team at some point. Yeah. Actually, looking at this a little they bit more and just Finland, thinking about actually. how how RIP Rest in Pajamas has been playing recently, I would not be surprised if Spain actually comes out on top. That yeah, I mean, it, I still, if I was a betting man, it would be close because I I think that most people are favoring Finland here. But yeah, with with the players that are on Spain, if they can get any synergy at all, they are going to um, be able to utilize tight. it very well. It's definitely going to be tight. I mean. I, I was hoping personally to see a, a Sweden versus Finland rematch from you know last year's third place match because that that was arguably the best match of the entire World Cup last year. Just watching those two go at each other, but um, yeah, Spain's going to definitely make a, a run for it. So we could see. I don't know if it's an upset or not, given that we've just been talking about the players. But at least for the fans' eyes, it might be an upset here. Uh, yeah. But we might even see an upset in Group C. So we'll we'll have to see what what happens at the end of this night. Um, but okay, well, anyways, I want to wrap up, I guess, uh, Overwatch uh, World Cup for now. Definitely exciting. You can go, if you want to, you know, watch both the show and watch some uh, Overwatch World Cup, you can go to, to uh, twitch.tv slash play Overwatch right now because it's going on. Um, I got to say one more thing before okay, we move on. Okay, okay. Which is, and you, you could probably guess where I'm going uh, just based off me, but uh, the viewership has been great. <laughs> um it's not so awesome right now, but during the last group stage, I saw 70,000 concurrent viewers. Oh, did you? Wow. About 40K, about 45K on the mainstream. The French stream had 17,000 viewers alone. The Thai stream had another 12,000 viewers at peak. So okay. this is just really encouraging. I mean, maybe some momentum 
from uh, OWL announcement and, and that stuff. But really, I just think the World Cup is just a, such a phenomenal marketing tool. Bring in every every fan uh, from every part of the, the world. It's just great. So that, that's been awesome to see. But you know, one thing I did forget to mention was just how cool it was that the French press and wasn't the government? The government, they, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. They were yeah. totally, you know, promoting the rogue or rooting for the rogue team. So yeah. that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> that's very, very awesome. Yeah. So we could we could get a little bit more of that. I I, I can't see uh President Trump saying anything about the US <laughs> team. I don't think uh we know well, I don't know, think I want him I know, to know, yeah, so. know sure. he knows how to use technology. <laughs> At the very least he knows how to use Twitter. But that's really all we know. I don't even know if he knows how to go to oh, twitch.com. So it's it's hard. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, oh, one last thing about the Overwatch League is that South Korea announced that they're going to be doing eight show matches uh, against some of the the Korean teams that we all all know. You know, uh, uh, Korean teams like X like Six is going to be, I think, one of the the upcoming ones. So uh, yeah, I think South Korea is going to have plenty of practice against some mm-hmm. very very good competition, and it'll probably be pretty entertaining to watch too if they they show it. Yeah. So definitely tune into that schedule. Um, okay, I think the next bit of the uh, next bit I had was that Noah Winston did a, a video that was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like the biggest news or anything like that, but um, he did mention maybe one or two interesting things in terms of, um, you know, how he's approaching it and just, you know, Immortals being in LA and all that, all that good stuff. Um, so the first thing that he mentions is that. He, there are no plans to change the Immortals roster. I mean, he didn't word it that it was for sure not going to be any changes, right? Yeah. But he doesn't see any no. foreseeable huge changes to the roster, which yeah. means the core will probably I, be the same. I was watching another uh, show, and they were talking about this, oh, and I was so frustrated yeah. Yeah. Um, because they kept saying that, like, oh, they're going to stick with this roster, of course, a bad idea, or they, you know... Well, they, 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 I think that is exact words. Yeah, there's not going to be any idea. major shakeups. Um, or, you know, oh, they have to bring in more Koreans, or, yeah, doubt it. I, I can't remember what they were saying, but the whole thing is they already changed up their roster quite a bit. They, they have already gone through this shakeup so that now going into Overwatch League, they don't have to do that, and, and they're just ahead of the game. So they, like, got that out of the way. They shook yeah. up their roster, and, they're- and now they're saying, well, now there's not going to be any more shakeups. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that specifically said very much. I think that um, I'm still interested to see how the how we're hyped lives on this team i think that'd be the one remaining question mark really but they've already put together a team that they you can tell they were looking for overwatch league with that yeah and they've been performing well too you know just because they lost a rogue that that doesn't necessarily mean that oh they they're not good enough yet that just means that they just need more experience on high pressure situations against crazy good competition yeah and that's the other interesting thing so tracking them back months um Right before, I, I think they uh, they beat Cloud9 in NGE, mm-hmm. which was like one of the big time. That was the first time I realized, okay, this Immortal Squad's a little interesting. And then Cloud9 went over to Korea. And then they did all right in that. And they, I think they won NGE. Then they yeah, won the Overwatch NGE. Carbon Series, even though they had not been playing very well the entire Carbon Series. But they won the finals. And then you get to Contenders. And, um, well, I mean, they honestly were just dominant the entirety of Contenders. But yeah, look out for them because I feel like they are very calculated in how they're doing this and um, really putting in their resources into the right places um, timeline-wise where mm-hmm. 
they're going to build, they're going to build, they're going to build. And then when it's most important, now we're going to um, strike. And then they're going to go through another build phase. And right now we're seeing them in a build phase. And the fact that they've been able to be as strong as they have been, it, I mean, they're always going to be playing to win, but the whole organization is moving towards something that's even bigger. So they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think. Yeah. It's one of those listeners has to do where it's just like, we need to see how they do <laughs> the next time we see them. If they can perform yeah. well again, then uh, then I think that we can be safe in saying Immortals is is headed in a very, very good direction. And you know, maybe clearing that first hurdle, you know, that, that first hurdle to try to really get into contending with the, the top teams. Because we have yeah. this kind of hurdle in the NA, right? It's just like these teams just keep swapping back and forth and who's, who's doing well this month. Yeah. And if Immortals can just be consistent there, I think that'd be cool. Other thing too that I think... I think oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I, I think they're going to be um, the, the best NA team in... Uh, the first season of overwatch league so i don't because i and this is not knowing what the other teams look like but um based on what i've seen unless uh, there's some other super teams that form i i don't know of any specific roster in na that i think is going to do better over the long term because all the other rosters have kind of gone up and down a little bit yep um you know rogue would be one that that has been largely up and if they can adapt to some of the meta changes i think that they've got the talent to do that but uh, yeah, I think that Mortals is making a lot of good choices, and this video is an interesting example of kind of where their mentality is. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. And having just one little bit too, which is nothing again that was that surprising. But you know, I think Noah just talking about that. You know, esports needs to be pushed to a live experience. You know, no matter what esports it is, it has to be a live experience for it to actually reach. You know, a very very pinnacle you know just some 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 high threshold in terms yeah. of, of business and and uh, sport right so mm-hmm. um i think you know having it be in these big stadiums i mean we have to get overwatch in these big stadiums you know not small arenas you know like we need to get them in big stadiums you know for it to be you know well, and, and, that, that and spectator type of and thing. even outside of that even um just having that consistent local presence of outside of stadiums because i don't think they're going to do that season one maybe towards no the they game, won't like, probably do season the final. One, but, but even season one you're going to have this local presence of now this team they can cater to their community in some different ways so now they can mm-hmm. play and maybe just invite local people to come watch them play and you know they're playing online so their other you know their opponents are in a different state but then they can have little signings afterwards mm-hmm. and um, they can go to other community-related events, maybe even partner up with um, local partners like other traditional sports teams, potentially. And whereas you haven't really had that focus in any other esports, you've had, well, honestly, a lot of Southern California, um, <laughs> you know, attention there. <laughs> right, and then, right. um, yeah, and so I think that that's really the the focus here is, n- and then now you're building up to going into stadiums with this huge fan base of people that you already have. Not to mention the people that are just going to be following you in general, and, and yeah. you can build a different brand that way than other esports orgs have been able to in other esports. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, why don't we um, go into some shout-outs just to some iTunes folks that uh, have been leaving us some nice ratings and some nice words, uh, which is something that's very helpful for the show because uh, we are on all the audio channels, so iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud, and whenever. Uh, we do get some ratings, or at least from folks that you know like the show or whatever. It helps with people finding the overview whenever they're searching for Overwatch and, and trying to find Overwatch podcasts. So I'd like to give a shout-out just to the few folks that do each and every week. So Lovejoy91 and Jay 
uh, authentic, I think, or aesthetic. 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 Yeah, yeah, aesthetic. Oh my gosh, reading. Reading is tough. <laughs> so, Jay, aesthetic. Thank you so much, guys, for for doing that. And if you guys also you know, listen to the show on your iPhone or iPad or whatever on the way to work or when you're working out and want to help us out, you can just log on to iTunes and just drop us a rating. That'd be really really cool of you. Um, okay, well, you know, let's see what else we got here. We got to let's just go through the news real quick, and then maybe if we have some time, we can get to maybe a, a, a juicy topic if we if we can get to it. So, team news. This is some from like the last two weeks. We we've been missing team news or, or event news uh, each week just because there's so much other stuff to do with or talk about. So, uh, real quick. So, as uh, Jaru joins Envision, which I don't think is a big surprise given that he's been playing with them, you know, for a while now. Uh, EG drops their Overwatch team, which kind of surprising. And given that Graceful subbed in for them during Overwatch contenders, you know, I guess it's, it, I guess the writing was maybe on the wall anyways, like uh, after the contenders. Uh, but Movie Star Writer also drops their Overwatch team. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Just both of those teams, just your typical, probably not going to be in, Season one of Overwatch League. So, what's the point of having a team? A little uh, bit. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I think Movistar might not be leaving the space entirely. I, they they basically the said team. that they. Yeah, I'm not sure. They they kind of said that they were. And here's the thing: Movistar writers have been performing fairly well. Yeah. Overall, and so that was. I mean, they've already made it into Contender season one. So I don't know why they would have done that. Um, if they're, but. I guess they haven't because I think EG specifically said like, "Hey, we're just we're just getting out of Overwatch." Is kind of what they said. Um, yeah, to me, all of this means is yeah. If if you're not going to get into Overwatch League, if if as an organization specifically, you either hope to have a good enough team to sell or to get players offload players, and if you're they're not good enough, then there, there's no reason to keep putting that money in necessarily. Yeah. At least not for now. Um, because we don't know what that tier two 100% is going to look like um, as far as just monetarily. Yeah. And then, yeah, same thing with Movistar Riders. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's just confusing that the Movistar Riders side, uh, yeah. EG, not confusing. I, actually, the players didn't want to play together anymore. They It was <laughs> the players' decision, actually, yeah. in that case, uh, to disband the team altogether. Um, I'm not sure if the Movistar Riders squad is sticking together and looking for another sponsor uh they just lost their sponsor which is weird considering they made it into contenders uh, yeah, right and then yeah. I, I brought this up uh in a previous show but saying oh we can't make it into ow league to me isn't enough of a reason to really justify something like that because again why do you have a team in gears of war why do you have a team in like in all these other esports that plenty of esports teams have uh rosters but there's no hope of like some god tier league in the long run they just want the exposure (laughs) of the streams of the playing in the tournaments so this one didn't make a lot of sense to me but who knows there's there's probably a lot in the back end that we don't know exactly yeah and that's the thing is like i don't even know and i i probably would know more honestly just because they are in contenders they're in my event and so they i actually we're we're um i think we're still figuring out like who what that looks like because um, you know, there's a question of like who owns that spot in contenders, mm-hmm. and I think strictly speaking, Mavi Stars and Org owns it, but I don't think they want to feel a team care. or anything like right. that. So 
whether they would sell it or I think they just probably give it to the players um, oh and then just let them play. Sure yeah. with players, oh right? man, yeah. that's just drama asking to happen right, right here. Oh, and and I think it's I think it's being managed actually really well because as, as soon as I heard that um, the announcement, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a huge thing. <laughs> oh, why? But it's right. been pretty cool. I mean, all, all the players in the org have That's all been good. really uh, good about that so far. As far as I know, I'm not heading up that communication, but um, big shout out to Voitech for helping me out with that. Well, it's good to hear. At least they're, they're being very cordial about it and figuring out the right thing to do. Uh, next bit of news is Apex Season 4 teams have been finalized. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing here is that there are no Western teams in the list of the teams this season. This is the first season where we have no Western teams involved. And a lot of that obviously has to do with Overwatch contenders and, and you know, Overwatch League just generally. But, um, you know, the list is great too. I mean, you want to watch, uh, again, top-level Overwatch and some of the best in the world, you're still going to be watching Apex. But I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you guys think? No Western teams. It's going to hurt their viewership, man. I mean, when, yeah. when Envious played, they had a huge spike in viewership. <laughs> maybe maybe the OGN TV ratings are so huge that it's like not even a blip on their radar. But I don't, I don't think so. I think adding like 30,000, 40,000 viewers because Envious is playing is like a really big deal. So yeah. I wonder yeah. if Envious just declined. I, like, uh, well, I, go ahead. I, I think Apex is going to serve Korea like contenders is serving NA and EU. I think it's yeah. going to supposedly because here's the thing is we already know that there's an Overwatch League team in Korea, so obviously there it, it's it's at least a different tier than Overwatch League. I don't know like exactly what that's going to look like, but I think that probably they specifically wanted to split Korea off from NA and EU um, for this one and make sure that um, these kind of tier two leagues that are feeding in from their respective regions. But this is. This is kind of strange, though, right? Because when we talk about Overwatch contenders, and I know we've been, you know, there's obviously NA and EU as regions or whatever, and and that's supposed to help and feed feed uh, just Overwatch League generally. But Overwatch League is all the regions right now, so you know, it, I don't know. It, it's kind of strange how it's broken up into regions. I, I you know, and yeah, there's going to yeah. be Korean teams, but. I mean, there's only going to be one city, right? How many cities can you actually have in Korea, right? Like, the Korean players are going to be in right? all kinds of teams, but there's only going to be one in Korea. So it's it's kind of strange, well, and, right? And here's the other thing about that is, and I don't know what this is going to look like, because that's a very valid question, is like, well, there's a lot of cities in Korea, or there's a lot of players in Korea, yeah, not that many hard. cities. So I think a lot of people think that Korean players are going to be spread throughout the league. Um and so you'll see that that yeah. difference, but the funnels are like coming up from these leagues, from you know Apex, from Contenders EU, from Contenders NA, from all these other leagues that potentially could pop up in other regions. And I think the only other real benefit of doing that, of regionalizing the the tier two leagues, is that it does help facilitate um, that lo- localness, um, and you you can play on the servers properly. And 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 because for a lot of these. Mm-hmm teams that are not quite making it into Overwatch League, they're probably not going to have the same amount of money to like maybe buy a house and do the whole nine yards with salaries and everything. So it at least allows for players to just play. It, it, it's, it makes it easier access, I suppose. I don't know. It's, I, I get it's the easier access, but. but it's, you know, this whole thing with combines and, and contenders, it's supposed to be measuring everything against each other. Like, 
you're supposed to pick the best players. And if you have only the best NA players playing each other, it's a bit misleading. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to have experts on all the teams so they can see between the Korean and West, you know, NA and EU kind of lines. But yeah. if they don't, don't... Maybe they'll combine them in the future. Yeah, Who knows? so it's... The way it's configured is a little bit odd, just based yeah. because it well, is region locked in a way, right? Like, yeah. And here's the thing, though, too, with that. I'm I, the more I'm thinking about this, I'm trying to think of what that would look like logistically because we're looking at what, like, 16 teams here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we'd be looking nightmare. at like, yeah, 16 teams yeah. from NA, 16 teams from EU, and if you like really blending them all together, um, it would just be this massive like 64 team plus, you know. Yeah. Um, situation and it's very hard to then isolate storylines with individual players when you're trying to uh, wade through that muck. Maybe that's why they're. Well, hopefully it they won't like force NA teams to only pick from NA contenders and stuff like that. As long as that I, yeah, doesn't happen, ima- yeah, 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 I can't imagine they fine. do that. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, <laughs> definitely more questions right. to be answered, of course. Yeah. But um, anyways, Apex Season 4, I think we're not going to see the full... I think we're still going to see all the great players in, in uh, this season for the most part. Maybe halfway through, they have to you know, join the Overwatch League or something. I'm not sure exactly when the yeah. timing's going to be. But yeah. I think Season 4, for the most part, will still be what we, we, you're, we're used to with Apex. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, the last thing, maybe just one quick... Well, we didn't really talk about NB's third-place match against AFB. I mean, n- nothing too much there. AFB ended up beating NB, uh, I think it was 3-1, right? And 4-1, because it's best of 7. Yeah, 4-1, yeah. And, I mean, NB just didn't look like... I don't know. They just didn't look like the same NB to me. So I, I feel like they were a bit checked out already, you know, after, you know, losing yeah. It, yeah, in the semis. I'll just come out and say something on this point. I think Mickey is underperforming for this team. I I'll just I won't sugarcoat okay. it at all. I think that just even watching not this set but even the one previously when they got knocked out in the in the uh, semifinals, Mickey didn't quite look like he was on the same level. Uh, I saw some questionable plays. He's not protecting his tracer and his his healers uh, mm-hmm. as much as he should. He's kind of going head first a lot of the time. Uh, I, I don't mean to be like controversial just for the sake of being controversial, but I, I honestly think that Mickey might be the weak link, weak link on that team right now. Um, anyway, I have had that thought before, and this is I don't I, I haven't been wa- paying attention to that um, the scene as much um, just because of my focus in NA and EU. But every time I've watched them, that's been like lingering thought in the back of my mind is what is the diva doing? And that's just something I've been asking a lot lately. Yeah. And it's another reason why I, th- I have questions about hyped on immortals is what is the diva doing? Because th- those are two examples of aggressive divas that when diva was really strong in the tank meta um, took over games and were able to have high impact, but now are they having as much of an impact when their primary job maybe is to protect their backline and the decision quality there is, it's just, it's a different frame of mind that you need to be coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been my question with Mickey as well. Yeah. And, and I think that what you do see is it's not like a total misplay, you know, like a misplay or misstrategy or, or, or that type of thing. It's just, I think we're seeing Mickey just be a tiny bit late a lot and yeah. you can't Small be late. Things, yeah, yeah. You cannot be late against the, the top teams in the world. Cause that's like, you know, your entire support or both supports dying. So uh, I, I, you know, I would agree with you too, Ben, and I think a lot of you know some of the other folks are, are, are probably had the same sentiments too. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Nico's a great player, though. You know, like we've we've seen him. I mean, watching him play on the Thailand team, you actually saw him flex to DPS, and we forget how great of an FPS player that Mickey is generally. So, um, you know, he was a world champ, right? Or he was a champ in uh, what game was it? It was uh, not Crossfire. What was what's the game that was big in Asia? Mm, he was one of those. I yeah. Anyways, he was a champ in one. Of, you know, in that in that particular game too. So. Um, yeah, it, it would be sad to see Mickey get dropped, given that he's such a charismatic player and, and a figure in, in uh, on the Envious team. But um, yeah, definitely would like to see his play <laughs> uh, raise up a little bit. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do some Q&A, guys, since we um, haven't had any Q&A for a while. So whenever we get a question, it's definitely a good one. Uh, we had a question about hero bands from A-Fan. That's how he signed it, A-Fan. Um, so he had a, a suggestion and it's kind of a long one, but basically before each game, both teams get to ban one hero. And this is a suggestion in ways to see what we think. They cannot be the same hero class. So for instance, if one team has a diva and the second team cannot ban another tank hero. So, um, I guess, you know, ban one DPS, ban one tank, something like that. And then both teams can't play it. So it's not just like a single team can't play it. Both teams can't play it. Um, uh, so what do you guys think of that? I mean, he has his analysis of it. I kind of want to go through it, the whole thing, just because maybe sitting here reading for a minute or two. But what do you I think about the hero bands? Here. Yeah, what do you think about the hero bands? And, I mean, ignoring the fact that we'd have to have, you know, facilities in the game to, uh, you know, pre- prevent just people picking these heroes. But if we could do that, what do you guys think of hero bands? I think this is one of the first things we ever talked about on the show, probably. Yeah. Way, way, way back in the day. We haven't talked about it in a while. Uh, I'm still of the belief that this game, we, we need like double the number of heroes that we have right now for banning to even be a conversation. Yeah. Even yeah. then, I'm not sure I'd want it. Uh, and I'm, I mean, even let's say it had 100 heroes. Let's say it was like Dota or League style. Yeah. Then I wouldn't. Then you could do a traditional MOBA pick ban phase. That I mean, that could be really interesting. But I mean, at the rate they're releasing heroes, that'll be in fifteen years or so. So yeah. But, um, but the pick, or wait, the, actually, probably more than fifteen years, uh, like twenty years. Yeah. But it wouldn't be pick so, ban. It would just be ban because there's no such. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like it. Um, well, first of all, because I think that what you do with that, it, what that, what the banning allows you to do is well two things so first of all it allows you to make up for a potentially broken game <laughs> you know yeah, right um and i think overwatch is actually fairly balanced at this point and so really the only thing a ban would benefit you is it would it would actually constrict the meta it would right. actually yeah. make it worse um because it would just mean you have fewer options um in a fairly balanced game so i mean you ban winston and now it's like well now dive comp's kind of awkward I guess we'll play something else when, and and as much as I want to see different metas and different things being played, the, right now the reality is that it's actually a pretty balanced game, and the only thing that I think can make it uh, to the place where you are going to see much more diversity um, is just more heroes in general. And I don't think bands is necessarily the, the solution for that. In fact, what bands would do would would imbalance it back right. um, to a worse state. Okay, I guess I'll I'll uh, follow up with just maybe a mini question, which is. Um, if it's, I think why he suggested it was really this attempt or this, um, this wanting of a, an additional strategic aspect of competitive events, you know, prior to each match. So if it's not pick bands, 
like we've seen with MOBAs and, and it's already been established in other esports. And it's not just map bans too, which we, of course, we've, we've been doing or we've been wanting to do for a while. We haven't been able to do it quite as much recently. Um, is there any other strategic element of Overwatch that we could add? Yeah. To- I, yeah, I, I thought about this quite a bit. And the only thing I can think of, and keep in mind that this is kind of how Blizzard operates as well, is taking that slow and steady calculated approach with this is more heroes. Because what you what you want is you want different facets of different compositions to be uh, viable. Um, mm-hmm. So you want to be able to... So say I want to play dive comp. I've got two, three tanks I can pick from. I've got you know, a variety of DPS and heals maybe to pick from. Now I'm custom tailoring my dive comp to maybe my opponents or custom tailoring it to the map a little bit. And so I think that Heroes is going to be the next thing that, that helps with um, that strategic aspect. And the only other thing I could think of is maybe fixing a couple of the heroes that I would say need some work, Roadhog, maybe Mercy, um, because I think everyone serves their purpose right now. Reaper is a good example of someone who he's good at what he does. Um, Sombra is another good example of like how teams have been able to incorporate this hero strategically. And we're just going to have to see how, as new heroes are being launched, how the teams adapt to that. Um, because I think we're going to see a lot more adaptation in the future um, just based on that. I'd be interested to see new game modes too. Um, yeah. Not like yeah, there's actually, a, yeah. I don't know if there's a ton more you can do, uh, but when, when, there when, is. There is. I mean, when you just have to get really creative. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, when Overwatch first came out, uh, I have a background in enemy territory uh, and Wolfenstein. Uh, and those there i think a lot of what you see in overwatch is actually kind of loosely based on some of those old game types like pushing a cart uh, that came to tf2 as well so maybe they're just looking at tf2 but pushing a cart pushing a payload was one of them uh there was always ones that are that were kind of similar to 2cp where like but usually it would be like three different points there'd be like several points mm-hmm. throughout the map yeah, uh, yeah of course they didn't have the issue of overwatch where the defense spawns and defense offense spawns are so off kilter i don't i still to this day don't know why they decided to do that as a design choice but there is a specific game type that i loved which was usually usually called something like you know capture run the documents so there's like documents in some place and you have to get them out obviously this game has characters like tracer that you it's know, like would be would basically, yeah, yeah. It would basically with, be like with one attacking team and one defending. Yeah, team, one right? one attack and one defending. It would basically mean you have to play tracer, probably like in the current meta or someone else that it's like Sombra, is super, super mobile. But I don't think that's a problem personally. I, think, I don't really I think see that. If you design the maps well, as such, that yeah, 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 it doesn't necessarily become a problem. Yeah. Well, I I think as a player and you know just a hardcore Overwatch player, I, I don't. I think it's fascinating. I think it's really, really cool just to, just to have diversity, right? Like if the, on this map have a complete, total different way of playing it and we're utilizing the heroes in completely different ways, maybe there's a map where we can play all the same heroes and it's just like completely different, you know, like just outlandish things like that, right? I'm totally yeah. okay with that as a player, but as a spectator, like if we're going to make this into an eSport, I just think that would be confusing like to the, to the audience. Well, it's even more yeah. for them to have to understand so um, yeah, you got to ease them in a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I like them, but so maps. I I do think that maps are the only vessel that we can possibly in, integrate sh- strategy into it prior to the match. 
I think they need to design maps that have like a choice. Like maybe you design a map that actually has two starting spots and two, you know, points yeah. and, and things that like that. And it, yeah. And we choose like you either choose a or B before the match starts. And for whatever reason, that might benefit you. You know what I mean? Like there's some complexity. That's an to interesting, that. yeah, that's an yeah. interesting idea. But um, that, that does add some complexity yeah. that one. And even just a, a bigger map pool adds a certain strategic element because now mm-hmm. It your who you're what maps you're picking and playing become a little bit more relevant. Mm-hmm. The only other the game mode that I wanted to bring up that I think is interesting, and it's if it did make its way into competitive, it might not be for a while, just because of how well or in the early stages of development it might be. But is the elimination mode where you can only play one hero once if you win? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so where you play multiple rounds, but as soon as you win on a specific hero or specific comp, then you can't play it anymore. Because yeah, yeah, because because look strategically from that point, then you really have to theorycraft multiple compositions to go against each other. Because as soon as you play, um, and it works really well in three v three, just because of the number of heroes. Um, as soon as you play that composition, now you have to have another thing in your pocket and another thing in your pocket. And unlike bands, because you might say, well, that's just as restrictive as bands because you can't play. But you did play that. You are you have the full hero pool to yeah. potentially p- play from, but you have to have like multiple hands. Like It's conquest, having, basically. Yeah, you yeah, have to win you know. with every single hero to actually yeah. complete this. And eventually you get to the point where you probably don't have any supports left, you know, and, and you are just, you know, death fragging it out like at the end. And that would be, that'd be pretty interesting. I, yeah. I, again, like, I don't know if that's the esport product, but yeah. it's fascinating though, at the very least. It, it's, it's an interesting competitive mode. And I, yeah. I don't know. Eh, I, it's the only other mode that I've ever thought of that I, I could see it being strategically relevant. In a it's just tough sense. when you have a hundred euros then it's like, what do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, maybe you can only choose like X number. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the email, a fan. And again, guys, if you want to write into us, you know, have us answer whatever question you have, uh, go ahead and do that by emailing the overview at chamanv.tv and we'll take a look at it. But that's going to be it, guys. We're going to wrap up tonight. I know uh, we want to get back to watching some over, some Overwatch World Cup. So why don't we wrap up here? Gills, a pleasure having you on, man. Thanks for tuning or joining us like this late at night. Or actually, it's not that late at night for you, given that you're in. No, nah, not too bad. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually have a meeting after this. Oh, do you really? Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for working in the time, man. We really appreciate it. Any yeah, shout outs no, you want to do? Great. Where can people find you? Well, find me at Gil Frost, G I L L F R O S T, on Twitter. And I'm also on Twitch. I actually might be doing some more streaming in the future, oh. but I have not done streaming in a long time. So. Okay. Low expectations if you do <laughs> okay. go there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Is uh, tw- Actually, I have a blog now, too. I yes. probably should link that on my Twitter. Go to my Twitter, and I, I don't even know where it's at. I only have one post yet. <laughs> okay. So. Go to his Twitter, guys, and check that out. Uh, ben, want to do some shout-outs? Uh, yeah, in, t- in terms of streaming, take those expectations and lower them even lower. Because <laughs> no, I, I, Oh, God, I need to stream more. Oh, man, it's been way too long. You can just me follow too. me on Twitter at Fish Sticks. I used to stream regularly, but I don't know. Life life comes at you, and I'm a sleepy man sometimes. <laughs> anyway, it was a good show. I'm really excited about the future of Overwatch. I mean, uh, competitive or sorry, the, the World Cup has been been doing very well. Production is yeah. better. Viewership is better. OW League hype is there. Yeah. Contenders is right around the corner, and then we're basically uh, just going straight on into uh, BlizzCon. Yeah, which is going to be great. This one's going to be hype. Um, so lot, lots of stuff to be hyped for 
in the near future. All right. And I'll wrap up by uh, thanking both of you guys and Graceful for uh, doing the show tonight and all of you guys for watching too, because I know you guys could be watching World Cup. So I really, really, really appreciate you guys watching tonight. Um, So the audios will be up on iTunes uh, probably tomorrow morning for you guys. I'll post it tonight, but you know, you guys will probably be asleep. But YouTube also I'll have ready by tomorrow morning. So definitely uh, check it out. Let friends know you like the show. Let other people know too, because, you know, we're trying to get as many people to watch the show, of course. You can follow the show on Twitter, the overview at uh, or at the overview GG. You can follow my me also uh, at ChamanV. And I'm not going to give you any expectations for for watching me stream because I just don't have time to do it anymore, unfortunately, which sucks. Just so the shows are, are for the most part what I'll be doing on the stream. Um, so tune into that. I have um, you know just other podcasts I do too. You can find them all on YouTube if you like Hearthstone and all that good stuff. But that's going to be it, guys, for the overview this week. So for uh, Gil Frost, Graceful, Fish Sticks, and myself, Chan Man V. We'll see you next time. 